0: what's up everyone and welcome to the corporate bartender wow the killer episodes just keep piling up today's episode might be my favorite of the year so far we're talking about harmony getting your life together and what we learned about the zen for success model we've got jeff eshleman on the program today and the conversation is one for the books if you don't know jeff it's all good we got you covered Jeff's an executive coach with 30 years of experience, ranging from combat in Iraq to the corporate boardroom. Jeff has a mindset and a framework that I think just might change your life. Yeah, I know those are big words, but come with me, dear listener, and let me know what you think. This conversation was epic, and I think you're going to dig it. So buckle up, TC Beers, grab your favorite cocktail, and let's get right on into it with Jeff Eshleman on today's TCB.
1: Welcome to Sky Team's The Corporate Bartender, where we gather some of the best HR and people leaders to discuss what's happening on the people side of business. Now pull up a stool, belly up to the bar, and join us for The Corporate Bartender.
0: All right, well, let's get started. Welcome everybody. It is wonderful to see you all. It is your favorite day and mine. It's Corporate Bartender Day. And it's the 9th of August already. Summer is over. No. The days are getting longer. It's going to be Ruby's favorite season, pumpkin spice season here. (laughs) They keep squeezing Uh that up. They keep starting it earlier and earlier. And uh, I'm not happy about that. I was at the grocery (laughs) store the other day. And they already have Halloween stuff out. And it was still July. I'm like, you need to settle down, King Supers. Settle <laughs> down. This is the 176th time we've gotten together. And that's amazing. Today's going to be a fun day. We've got a guest. He's the guy you don't recognize on your screen. <laughs> His name is Jeff Eshleman. And he has an interesting framework about Zen and success. So we're going to get into that. We're going we're gonna to tap back into our, our fallacy of work-life balance and talk about harmony. And uh, he's going to wrap it all up with a one-page plan for you, a guiding document to change your life. So hope I'm not setting expectations too high, Jeff. Am I doing okay?
2: You're doing perfect, man. <laughs> Keep bumping them up.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, like I do every time and I decided I'm just going to do this until the book is one year old which happens on Lori's birthday, October 18th. So I'm going to keep asking until then, because I'm a pain in the ass. If you haven't bought the book, please do. If you do have the book, uh, please write us a review. We are creeping, creeping ever so closely to the mystical, magical 100 reviews. (laughs) Apparently something special happens when you get there. I don't know, but I am dying to find out. We've got plenty of guests upcoming. It's going to be fun. We've got Brian Smith on September 6th. He's the author of Positive Influence, Be the I in Team. (laughs) Uh, One that I'm really looking forward to on the 13th of September, Buki Masaku. He is the author of I Don't Understand, Navigating Unconscious Bias in the Workplace. And he's got some reverse bias research uh, that is pretty darn fascinating. So I'm looking forward to that one. Then it's October. We're definitely into pumpkin spice season when Tony Martinetti will be here, the author of Climbing the Right Mountain, Navigating the Journey to an Inspired Life. And if you believe it or not, we've already got an interview for November. Woo! Dr. <laughs> Julian Mirabell, he's the author of Positive Communication for Leaders, Proven Strategies for Inspiring Unity and Affecting Change. And I just got I just got a pitch today. For a guy who was an actual bartender. And he has, <laughs> he has a book out that yes. is about everything I needed to know about business and sales and people. I learned behind the bar. Nice. And uh, yeah, I got that pitch and I'm like, I can't pass that up. It's just too perfect. <laughs> just too That's perfect. Fun. Awesome. Well, today, like I said, today we have a guest, Jeff Eshleman. He is going to enlighten us and help us bring our lives into balance and harmony. Let's give him a good TCB welcome, shall we? Oh, you got a hand up. I saw it. I saw the hand up. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks for being here today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Right on. Well, hey, Jeff, you are an executive coach. You, you have this framework. You lived a full life and a couple of careers. I imagine when you were a, a wee baby... This isn't what you thought you'd be doing at this stage of life. So tell us a little bit about your journey. How'd you get here?
2: My my journey was really one of evolution. And it really started for me right out of high school going into the military. I went into a very peacetime military. I was just patriotic and wanted to do my time. and But while I was in the military, Saddam Hussein invaded uh, Kuwait. So I found myself mm. in saudi arabia and then i found myself in iraq in operation desert storm i drove an armored personnel carrier into iraq i was actually 20 years old when i was coming back
0: wow
2: from that that experience and i knew that i had been asked to do and probably see the worst things that i'd ever have to see in my life and so far today at age 53 that is still true and so i came came back from that experience went right to work in the industry that i was a part of for 30 years which is the home building industry and i'm a bit of a unicorn in the fact that i went to work at one organization and worked even though it was acquired a couple of times essentially worked at the same organization for 30 years and so that it was out in the field as a as a line level supervisor and leader progressive levels of supervision and management all the way up to executive leadership is what I really did about the last half of my career. And really what was the segue into what is now my coaching and consulting practice. So that's, it's been a journey of evolution for me.
0: I love it. 30 years in in one, co- well, in one industry anymore is, is noteworthy in one company. Wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, that takes some some stick to itiveness. So I guess that's Uh, among your tools for success? Yeah, I would
2: say it's both. I, I think one, I was pretty fortunate to work at a really good organization. And it was multiple because the company that I started with was private. And then we got sold to a fortune 500 company. And then later in my career, we were sold to a pure play home building operation. And all three gave me significantly different insights into how business can work private, ultra high level corporate and then a pure play home builder. So just a very rich mix of experiences for me. And then, yes, I think I was, you know, a hard worker that kept my head down and did a lot of what I was told to do and did a lot of what I thought was the right thing.
0: I love it. I love it. What were the things that happened to you in the military that you found the most useful in your civilian leadership career?
2: Sure. It, it starts with the fundamentals. So first of all, it, it starts with a presence in your own body. And this actually started for me, like in high school, I played football. And when you start making like physical contact with somebody, I like to say like, it changes who you are inside. (laughs) And then when you go through an experience, and it doesn't even have to be a wartime experience, but if you go through the military and you go through like a basic training and that kind of thing. I I mean, I say I I went in kind of a mama's boy, and I came out, you know, the quintessential man, because it is it's all the core fundamentals, Eric, and then it's also the things like esprit de corps, right? So this this higher good that you're aspiring to, the Mm -hmm. teamwork element I cannot underestimate. So one of the things that you really learn to do in the service that translates. Is to be able to work effectively, you know, in your own role, but within the greater good as a team. And the other thing I would say is I learned how to be a good follower Mm -hmm. in the military. And I think that's one of the keystone habits of a good leader is learning how to be a good follower.
0: What happens, though, Jeff, if someone on the team is an asshole?
2: Well, that, that has never happened, Eric. And what? So, uh, I guess it would depend on which role you're in when they are, you know, being the big A. Uh, I mean, li- life is full of that, right? Yeah. And so I, I, for one, I'm just one that's really candid with conversations. And so I actually call my leadership style expectations leadership. It's hmm. tell people what you want. Tell them, tell them, tell him. remind him, remind him. Now, you might notice that I said tell them three times and I only said remind him twice. Because if that person was going to be an asshole, right, that was going to be about one and a half conversations. And then the conversation moves to, well, here, I'm going to have a different conversation and it doesn't include you because you're not a part of the solution. That's what I would do.
0: Got it. Got it. So before we get into into the Zen model, um, a lot of us here are HR people, and we touch talent acquisition in some meaningful way. And uh, you talk a lot about creating culture through attracting top talent. What does that mean to you?
2: It Well, I'll tell you what it means practically. So it means Starting, and here's the word I'll use with you, and this will be a, probably a theme today because it's a theme in my life, which is being intentional. And I can't tell you for like how many different companies I go to work with or the, I'm working directly with the CEO and they have an open position or a posting. And one, I can't, it would it blows me away how many people don't have an actual written job description for the position <laughs> that they have posted. And then two, what I like to do is try and get folks to... Take that to the next level, where I'm saying, okay, I understand the role that you want to fill, and these are the skills. But if you haven't defined it for your organization, how can you define for this position? What is the character of the person that you're looking for for this role? I don't know if you guys would be familiar with uh, Ernest Shackleton. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that led the first expedition to the South Pole. Oh. I'm. It's I a really.
0: Max movie.
2: Ex- And I really love the the ad that he put in the paper in England to find the crew that he was going to take to the South Pole. Right. But it basically said it said something along the lines of men wanted for perilous journey, you know, multiple days of, you know, darkness. And well, essentially what it said to paraphrase is the likelihood that we'll die is likely. But Mm -hmm. if we succeed, you know, it'll be this overwhelming success and fame and fortune and all that. And so it's my per, point,
0: it's pretty much how Morag recruited me ex- into this game.
2: <laughs> exactly. So my point, even though it's a little bit extreme is tell the world what you want. So by being more specific in the job description, and I think the other thing that's a big mistake and in, in what I see in business culture these days is people want to soften the role. They want let, to, let's imagine you're a CEO and you have an open position for six months that you're still recruiting for. By the time you get the person found and in the position, there might be six months or years worth of uphill climb before they can even get to the job description, right? So why not just go ahead and tell somebody that up front? Like tell them the good, the bad, and the ugly about the position. Because guess what? If you actually find a person who is, I would call it up for that, then guess what you're going to get? Like 110% of their effort because they know what they're going into. If you try to soften and you try to lessen and say, you know, like hide the fact that you're six months behind and hiring this position, even if you find your ideal candidate, you're going to put them in a position where they're fighting from a deficit. And if they don't have the constitution or they don't have the mindset to run into that fire, then the chances that they're
0: going to be successful are, you know, lessened. Yeah. Laurie you're living this right now in CE in C level searches.
3: Indeed. Yes. And and that's such a huge the the character piece, the the behavioral fit, the aptitudes. If you don't think through that, especially with really high level influential decision making types of roles and you leave that to chance, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot before you even start talking to anybody.
2: Right. Because then 90 days in or six months in, you're going to find you're in a situation where it's not working. Mm -hmm. And now you've wasted not only another 90 days or six months going through this evolution with the next wrong person. But you're going to start all over again and you're going to feel like crap about it.
3: Mm -hmm. And the ripple effects for... For those decisions. It's brutal. We we underestimate that.
2: It's brutal. Opportunity yeah. cost. Mm-hmm. That the opportunity cost and not hiring the right That's people right. or mm-hmm. not hiring in time is brutal.
0: Indeed. So once you get these folks on board, you talk a lot about top grading as well. What does that mean?
2: Top grading is it's a constant review of your team's performance on both behavior and performance
0: so like the how and the what or
2: maybe even the why like why are they doing what they're doing or why are they showing up as this person right that that's often i mean how many times do we find a person who might be checking all the boxes on the metrics or moving the needle on the sales part of the equation but they're a cancer in your organization like tell me Tell me how effective that is in the long run, right? We all know it's when not. When we
0: get to the point where we say, "Oh, that's just Jeff," we're already losing <laughs> mm-hmm. because we're cutting you too much slack at that point, Jeff.
2: And and the and the part about the top grading is is twofold. One, it, it doesn't just mean you know the person, the folks that are in the bottom third that you're out there just you know whacking them. Like you start with the conversation. You start right. with like, "Hey, here, here here is where you're performing." <laughs> And here is where we need you to be. Let's talk about a path to where you get there, right? Because in my career, I've seen, I, don't, I was going to say mostly, it's not mostly. I, I've seen a goodly number of times where people are able to, you know, I've seen it. This is most specific. Like when you start moving from verbal coaching to written there, there's it. The, you know, almost like in the military, <laughs> or when like, you cool, hit somebody on the. Yeah, when you hit somebody <laughs> on a football field, it's like, oh, that was real, yeah. right? <laughs> when you get to it, when it says up to and including dismissal, and you're right. signing mm-hmm. the bottom of it, right? Then mm-hmm. things can change for you if you have to take that home and share it with your spouse, or right. Yeah. So, so
0: it makes me think. You know, uh, <laughs> I work a lot with technology organizations, and technology organizations are famous for hey, you're a really good developer. You know what? You should manage the team. And they put people into jobs that they're probably not skilled for. Right. They, they may not even want. So this culture of, of feedback never emerges. They shy away from difficult conversations. They put things off. They continue to do rather than delegate. Right. So if you're coaching somebody that's not good at giving feedback... What How do you help set them up in in a place where they can be successful giving feedback?
2: well, the the most popular tool that I've ever used in my leadership career, and I actually use it with clients today, is if if you're familiar with John Maxwell, I love his five levels of leadership concept, right? Mm-hmm. So that takes you from very the beginning. Level number one is position. You've been granted a title. So you were the developer and now you're the leader of the team. That's a position but until you can move to that next level which is permission which is where you start to gain that that interaction with individuals and you start to leverage your relationship to then be able to move it up to level 3 which is production right where you're using now these relationships and you're building the widgets of the company whatever those widgets might be and so i'm really i i really love that framework because it it steps through and it walks through a real kind of programmatic way to move yourself. As long as you have the discipline to to learn, if you're that engineer, and you've been given that position, it's really only the self study, and then you got to go out and do the work, you got to have the conversation with your direct report, you have to learn how to be humble. So you can get your own brand of feedback, you have to learn to talk to the a holes, you have to be able to, you know, all of those things are a skill, right? Nobody pops out you know, nobody's comes out of third grade and they're ready to go lead. It, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's developed over time and it can be. Yeah.
0: Yep. So Zen for success. Mm-hmm. It's catchy. It's, it's spiritual sounding. What does it mean? What is the Zen for success model?
2: Yeah. It's none of those things. It's nothing but, <laughs> hard, it's nothing but hard work is what mm-hmm. it is. So I'm going to tell you, like all of these processes for me are born out of maybe not tragedy, but tragedy in my own life. Like I'm a guy who's fell my face in the dirt and had to pick myself up many times, whether it's being more than 100 pounds overweight or divorce or bankruptcy or alcoholic. And I'm not proud of any of those things. But if I'm proud of anything, I think I figured it out and figured a better way forward. And so. The word that I used before was intentionality. And so that's what all of these processes are really about. And Zen for success is the one that I actually started for. And how the Zen works for me, Eric, is I actually take a day off every month, an entire day. My tagline for the day of Zen is checking out so I could check in. And so Mm -hmm. what am I checking out in? Everything in my day-to-day life. Like my kids aren't going to get a hold of me, my spouse, the office. Nobody gets me on my day of Zen because I'm checking out because I need white space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I tell people at the beginning, like, well, does that sound a little bit selfish? Well, yes, certainly it does. And I make no apology. Like, Mm -hmm. I have not found anything in my life as powerful as committing time to myself. And so what I do the first half of the day, it's an entire wholesale review of the previous month. So I just did this on the the 30th or 31st last month. And it's like, so July, how did Mm -hmm. it go for me? I have more written goals than anybody that I've ever met in my life. Now, I don't know everybody, (laughs) but of all the people that I've met, I have more written goals than they do. So it takes me a while to not only go through all my goals, but I go through all my vital metrics, like what's my body fat percentage and how much money's in the 401k and all of these things, right? And then the second half of the day is building a plan. You, what did you ask me when we first joined on? How am I doing? And I said, I'm killing it. I'm killing it because I built a plan for August that I'm crushing right mm-hmm. now. And on it's day, only the ninth. I only on the ninth, right? <laughs> and I got a lot of downhill to pedal on right now because there's still three weeks left in this month, and I'm going to kill the whole
0: thing. I, so you know, I, I love that so much because. Ruby and I were on a couple of meetings today and we asked people, you know, like you do, how you doing? And two people in that meeting said, eh. mm-hmm. and then, and then they caught themselves and they were like, no, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And we made a joke both times. We're like, not really selling that all that hard. Right. right. So that was the frame of my day. And when we got on uh, this call earlier, and I said, "How you doing, Jeff?" And you said, killing it, like mm-hmm. it's it surprised me mm-hmm. right because people and, don't people don't say that right. And those
2: those two people that you mentioned are the antithesis. So the reason they don't know the answer to the question is because they really don't know how right. they're doing. Mm-hmm. A, they haven't defined what the outcome looks like. We'll get to the one page plan. Define what the outcome looks like. Mm-hmm. The day of Zen is the part in the middle. And that, you know, I used this term before white space, and it gives you white space in two different ways. One, it gives you the white space to do what I was just talking about, a wholesale review of the previous month, build a plan to crush it. The other is it gives you time to think about like, when do we think about things in our life? Like if if I've got a child at home who's all of a sudden starts to struggle in a certain subject and it's like, well, what are we going to do about that? Is it, can I free up some time to come alongside them? Can I hire a tutor? Like, when do you do? Or if I've got an aging parent and they're headed for like some different level of care, like in our day to day crush of life with social media and all of the needs that happen in our life, if you don't have a safe space, that's what I call this day of Zen. If you don't have a safe space where you can take the time to do this, it just, I mean, we want to tell ourselves we're going to carve out two hours on Saturday, like in between the soccer game and in between the, dinner with my spouse, and I'm going to do that. But I mean, then it's like, Are you, you, just really? want to, you just want to put your feet up. I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I haven't had 90 minutes where I could, you know, be me.
3: And I, I think that's I love that, because it's the intentionality, right? Is because it's a different intention than the weekend when I want to relax, or the weekend when I want to spend time doing yard work or going to my kids' stuff or right that that's a that's a whole different kind of unplugging kind right. of activity, which is right. important. Necessary. Right. But but this, what you're talking about, is the uh like like you said, it's 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 for you to be able to crush it. It's for you to be able to get clarity on what are the priorities and and taking care of yourself so that you can take care of others. And that's I'm I'm on that soapbox always to say time for yourself is not selfish. It's actually essential. It's the it only is. way to it be is. sustainably present.
2: Because if you don't take care of your, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, with the word, well, the word hero, most people equate it as like killer of bad guys, that kind of thing. The, the root origin word of hero is heroes Greek, which actually means protector. Mm-hmm. And it means you have strength for two is mm-hmm. actually what heroes means. And so what I tell people is if you want to be a hero, if you want to go out in the world and do good things as a father in my particular case or as a leader, you have to be able to have strength for more than just yourself. And how many people are running around that don't have the physical health or the mental well-being to be strong for themselves to start with, much less anybody else or the rest of the world or an entire organization, you know, Mm -hmm. fill in the blanks. And so I call that day of Zen, Laurie being a good steward of your life. Yeah,
3: Ooh, I amazing. love it. Yeah, I love it.
0: So what do you do the second half of this day of Zen?
2: that That's the build out the plan for, for August in this particular case. Like, what am I going to do? So I'll give you a, a really good example. When I finished July, I had 25 things on a list that I blew away. and mm-hmm. And just not only do I have more written goals than anybody that I've ever met in my life, I accomplish somewhere in the 70 to 75% of my goals faster than i write them like what my smart goal equates because i've been doing it a long time and i'm really good at it so i build this plan and then inevitably there are things that come up that i don't accomplish because i'm also pretty good at setting the bar really high and then i know me and i'm pretty good at finding a way to you know fix that too so inevitably there are things that don't happen. And then when they don't happen, I ask myself follow-up questions like, why? And sometimes the answer is I had too much stuff on my plate. Sometimes the answer is I didn't have that goal written well enough where it inspired me to take action. Or sometimes I just, I have to look in the mirror and say, well, you didn't do what you said you were going to. Mm -hmm. And then what am I going to do about that is really the the answer or what needs to be the answer. What am I going to do about that the next month?
0: That's, that's a rigorous, disciplined process. Right. And, and Ruby harps on the, on the self-care horn a lot. Uh, You know, the idea that it's not selfish, that it's necessary. I love this idea of heroes strength for two. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the the safety talk on the airplane you got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anybody else i mean there's a lot of metaphors for this one sure um, and i love the idea of a day um i was i was exposed to that concept a couple of years ago by there's a guy author uh called neil pasricha he wrote a book called called the book of awesome and similar to your journey he sort of hit rock bottom and had tough stuff to go through and and he he started writing down things that were awesome in his life. And he turned that into a book and his practice for, for doing that or for, for maintaining that was what he called an untouchable day. Mm. Right. So, and and in his world, that was every couple of weeks you, you carved off a whole day, an untouchable day. Um, The rigor wasn't as, as detailed as yours. So I, I really like this this notion of the look back, look forward. Um, But let me ask you a practical question about that because, you know, I'm a Myers-Briggs INTJ, Disc C, like, you know, I'm an introverted data guy with anxiety and depression, and I can get myself on a negative spiral real quick. And if I'm in my sort of Zen space doing my review, if I didn't crush it, I may get myself in that negative spiral pretty quick. Mm. So, as a coach, if I if I were to tell you that, how do you? What would you tell me to get myself recentered back to center so I could do the thing that I needed to do on the day of Zen versus wasting it and then feeling yeah. bad not only that I didn't get my shit done, but that I wasted my day of Zen.
2: Right. <laughs> So there's a couple of very practical things heading into it. This is actually in the structure of the day as in itself, which is I I keep track of all of the good stuff and the opportunities that happen in any given month. So I write down the this podcast will be on the list for the 9th of August. I will talk about crushing it on the bartender podcast. Right. So I go back and that's part of what I do. The first half of the day is and believe me, you always start with the good. You yeah. want to go back through. And I would bet, Eric, that even though you are all of those things, if you were to start writing down right now mm-hmm. on the 9th of August and go forward, like all of the good stuff that happens day to day to day mm-hmm. and you track it, mm-hmm. like I not only Shut do up, that, Jeff, <laughs> I take, I take pictures and every, at the end of every month, I go through all of the pictures and I move them from the just whatever that's called recent and i have an entire file called the best of 2023 nice. and i have the best ofs going back to 2018 and so when you specifically focus on mm-hmm. the things that you want and what you want more of yep. that's what you will get more of and Love so all, all of these things are just inten- it's it's everything that we do is just gaming our own mind mm-hmm. on how the process works so and and you're it's perfect for you eric because you, you're it's know thyself, right? You know, you, you know what your, your opportunities are. And then, so you just need to have some practical tools that you put in place that counter that. And if you can use my I word and you can be intentional and you can do it habitually, you, you'll change your, your patterns over time. And it's, it's not a secret, it's just science. And then we game it with the system.
0: I, l- I love that. And I'm going to yeah. put Ruby on the spot right now. She's going to see, she's been joined in. Ruby has a tool for this, uh, that she does on the mm. reg. Um, and this is, this is the shame on me moment. Cause I know Ruby's tool and I point people to it all the time. I don't do it. <laughs> Ruby, what's your tool?
4: Well, I'm like, I don't know what you're thinking of. I have lots of the tools. Jar. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Well, and it's funny cause I'm a little behind on it. So it's interesting, but, um, this is the jar. Um, and so I, similar to what you were talking about, Jeff, I sort of collect the good stuff. So if it's like an email, I get from a client of like, Oh my God, this changed my world. Or we're on a client call and they're like, you know, like Eric and I shared some, some survey data from some programs that we've been doing consistently with a client. And it's really damn good. Like we're killing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I go on vacation, I come home and I'll write down just those key moments that I want to look back on. So I have little cut pieces of paper, and it's in here. And my, I do it sort of end of year right now. Of okay, wow, I did all these things, and it's actually really built my confidence as a leader, and my confidence in the work that I do and the impact that I have on the world. Um, so much so that. I'm behind on it because actually it's like integrated now. I still want to do it, but it's so integrated that I don't need it as much as I used to. So it's been a pretty, pretty cool process, but it's been a thing I've done for, I think, four or five years. And I've saved some of the old, the old pieces of information from the past. And like, just thinking back to the first year that I did it, I would take some of these notes with me, when i traveled for business trips and i would read them the night before mm-hmm. and i'd be like you know what you're doing mm-hmm. you
3: got it like this is inside of you already
2: priming yeah. yourself
3: yeah. yeah it's been really powerful i, I love how this also kind of connects to the that whole concept of of gratitude and of mm-hmm. um recognizing yeah. the smallest things as important mm-hmm. and worthy of note right because the, you know, the positive psychology and, you know, that, that whole idea of we tend to scan the world for what's wrong first. And if we can train ourselves to scan the world for what's good, what's positive, Mm -hmm. different thoughts come to you that align with your intentions, different energy levels come to you to motivate you towards the, the good things that you want to do by simply acknowledging all the good. Right. And yeah. so that's I, I love all of that. That's amazing. sounds
2: like sounds like we just need to keep working on Eric until he does it.
3: <laughs> uh, I I have an yes, inside line. I have an inside yes. line to this. We're gonna have new rituals at home, Eric.
2: we'll
3: make it
2: and we'll make it fun.
3: <laughs> and I'll do it at work it's like uh, trouble, no, well, you, trouble. Guys, you guys do ripples and joys right you do that do. collectively to yeah. to really overtly discuss not just think to yourself not just have a moment of like oh, that was nice you have to say it out loud you have to share it with somebody else and that yeah. I, I think that matters
0: yeah so jeff that tool um is a thing that we do in our staff meetings and it's called ripples and joys and um we We borrowed it from a a nonprofit here in town in Denver mm-hmm. uh called city year um because they did it, and somebody thought it was cool <laughs> and it was pitched as as a thing that we should do in our staff meetings and both Morgan and I were like, "I don't know, seems kind of hokey, <laughs> so I didn't like it um, and we did it, and to your point, we did it with consistency, such that now. Our our staff meetings are weekly and they're usually set for for three hours. We don't always use the three hours, and sometimes we don't we don't get but maybe thirty minutes because of travel schedules and whatnot. We start with ripples and joys, and if that's all we have time for, it, that's all we do. Mm-hmm. And what Beautiful. ripples and joys are are it's two things, and you can use whatever words you like. But you can you can use this in your coaching practice. It's freebie for you. So <laughs> ripples, um, in our context, is business stuff has popped back up like a lot of our business is 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 gained through referral and people that, you know, we used to work with when they worked at XYZ company. They're now at ABC and they called us up and said, hey, we want to do something. So it's that sort of ripple effect that we've had in the world, business related. And then joys is just anything that made us happy that week that brought us some semblance of joy. Mm -hmm. It could be a personal thing. It could be a family thing. It could be a work thing. It could be whatever you want. Um, and so in the beginning, you know, my introverted self was like, I don't want to talk about this. This is weird. Um, (laughs) but we did and it changed the nature of our relationship as a leadership team. Like we, we went through a lot of tough stuff together. We've been through illnesses. We've been through divorces. We've been through marriages and all this life event stuff. You know, so when, when, when you talked about life of harmony, this is, this is a thing that I thought about, um, because you can't close your personal self down when you go to work, you're still you and the shit that happened at home, you're still toting around whether that was really good stuff or not so good stuff, right? It impacts how you show up and what you do. So that ripples and joys, I I get it. It, it, It's a thing that changed us. So I, I get, I get, I hear
2: you. Lori. All right, coach.
0: <laughs> I like this Zen day model. So what does the one day plan look like? It's like what's on it? Is it just a series of goals or is it deeper than that? No, oh, it's deeper.
2: So the one page plan, and, and this is just a direct lift from business. So for the last 15 years in business, we ran our entire organization off of a one page plan. And so what the one page plan on it has on it, core values. Like I mentioned with the job description, it has core competencies. So what are we good at or what do we want to be good at or better at? Mm -hmm. Then it has your core written purpose, which is what I call the North star. Mm -hmm. That's what guides me. And then it has an
0: example of a, of a, of a North star for for an individual.
2: So I'll, I'll, I have an entire paragraph that outlines what my core written purpose is and what I'm trying to do here in life. But I have one line right at the very end of it. When people ask a question like that, I just say this one line. It's a direct lift from Jim Rohn. And at the end of my core written purpose says, I want to be happy with what I have, comma, while I pursue what I want.
0: Oh, I like it.
2: And I, I'll live my life and I will die. And I'm going to live to at least 103. <laughs> I will die. And that's what I'm still going to be trying to do. That is the most beautiful line that I've ever heard in my life. That's why it's in my core purpose. My one page plan, Eric, tells me as much about what I'm not going to do
0: mm-hmm. as what
2: I'm going to do.
0: Ooh, that's big.
2: And so then it includes my goals for the year. And it includes my goals for the month. And I update that part. Every day as in.
0: Wow. That's a biggie. I'm seeing some chatter in the chat. Morag loves that. Ruby's jumping on that wagon. I know I left I left you here in the in in the focus, Ruby. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So say that line again, Jeff, just because I want anybody listening to have another opportunity to let that burn into their brain.
2: Sure. So I want to be happy with what I have. So that speaks to that whole gratitude and really appreciating, right? So if you if you were to ask those same two people that you ran into in that meeting to you know, think about it thoughtfully for 30 minutes and then re-answer that question, I bet you they can name 10 or 12 things easily of what's going on well in their life. They just don't have them ready at hand. And then the last half of the equation behind the comma is while I pursue what I want. Mm-hmm. And again, I make no apologies like I want more than I have right now, and I'm good at getting it, and I'm going to get it. As a matter of fact, I've never written anything down in my entire life that I don't have. Mm -hmm. Now, there are about four things on my (laughs) list right now that are somewhere in the five to 10-year range that I haven't made happen yet. Yet. That's Mm -hmm. the word that I will use, Mm -hmm. but those things are on their way.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I love this idea. And it makes me think of, <clears throat> I'm a musician. I've made my living doing that for, a, for a while. Um, so I'm a big fan of books written, these autobiographical books written by famous music people that by all rights should be dead. So <laughs> one book I read, um, was by Duff McKagan. He's the bass player in guns and roses. That is a dude who should not be alive today. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And when he started to get his shit together, he started doing martial arts. And one of the things that he took away from that experience was a saying that his instructor, his sensei had, and it was, today's a good day to die. Mm -hmm. And it didn't mean I want to die today. It meant I have all my shit together and I feel pretty complete with where I am today. I got no unfinished business. I've got no baggage that I'm toting around. I've got my affairs in order in life, not just material things and plans for what happens when you actually die, but I just feel good about where I'm at. And that really resonated with me because the language in it is really, it's aggressive, right? Today's a good day to die. It sounds like something Bruce Willis would say in an action movie, but it's really, it's really specific. It's really intentional right? sure. to, to, to keep harping on, on your word. Um, and this idea that you just said, the way you put it, I, I like yours because it has a, I'm good with where I'm at and I still got stuff to do. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, we do this all the time. We keep moving, moving the happiness horizon further out further out when i finish this then i can be happy when i when i get to this thing then i can feel satisfied once i've done this thing then it'll be okay right and you never get there no right you never get there you just keep pushing it further and further away so that that gratitude and that acknowledgement and and even the look back right we t- we talk about this a lot it's like yeah you might feel like you're struggling at things and you might feel like you're you're missing pieces but look at what you've done Look right. at what you've actually put together and created right. for yourself. You did all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's in you, right? You, you're able, <laughs> right. you have proof in your own life. So carry that with you as much as the, I'm not there yet feeling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. Um, I want to, I, I want to provide a little bit of time here as we get close to the end for questions Cause I know Ruby's got questions. She always has questions. And here's a promise I can make you Jeff next week. Ruby and I are doing workshops with a client in Tucson, Arizona. Um, Jeff's in Phoenix, Ruby, just so you know. Um, And I guarantee you, I will bet 100 American dollars right now that in one of the sessions that we do next week, Ruby says something that came out of your mouth on this (laughs) podcast today. (laughs) <laughs> beautiful
4: i will attribute it to you as well <laughs> she, will.
0: she will um so jeff if people want to learn more about this or they or they're looking for an executive coach how do they find you out there on the wild wild interwebs
2: sure the the best place to find me is is on my website so you see my name up here in the in the box so it's jeff there's some Handy tools on there. You can go and take what I call the harmony assessment to decide Ooh. how much harmony you have in your life. Uh-huh. I've got videos on there that break down not only the day is in, but the one page plan. Then the other one that we didn't talk talk about was carpe diem. That's how you obviously seize the day, right? So the carpe diem is operationalizing what's on the one page plan. Uh-huh. What we do every day matters. And Ooh, it matters. Let's,
0: let's, let's get into that because that's 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 a big deal. Operationalizing shit is where most people fall down planning. It's easy. Sure. Gyms and that, are busy in January. Right. And that's, <laughs>
2: and that's, and that is what I meant about the one page plan and breaking it down. So w- when I talked about being a good leader, for example, or being a hero, let's go back to that really quickly. So if you want to be a hero, and you want to have strength for two, Well, you're going to need to take care of yourself from a nutrition standpoint or a physical exercise or mental and mindfulness and what Lori's been kind of harping on with us right here, which is gratitude and specifically focusing on what is good and what we want more of, because that's all that's all good stuff. And then I break down the roles that I have in my life, like father and coach and all these other things. And I decide on a daily basis and I ask myself questions. Every morning. And que- the, the two main questions I ask myself is Who do I need to be today? Mm. And another, this is a direct lift from Jim Rohn What do I want to get from this day? I never want the sun to set without me having gotten something. And I, I'm really good at this. So I get a lot of something <laughs> from every day. But mm-hmm. if you can get something from every day, And then you can go out and contribute, show up and be your best self. And that's what I, so that's what I help my clients do. We, we start with the one page plan. We find a way to implement and and nobody does exactly what I do. Chapter and verse. Most people don't do an entire day of Zen, but we come up with a Zen for success that works in their model. And then Carpe Diem again, Eric, operationalize what's on that one page plan. What we I said what we do every day matters, but juxtapose what we don't do every day also matters. So if you're not uh, go back to my theme now with intentional, if you're not intentional, your day is going to happen.
3: Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we we say that a lot with uh, clients about culture. You're going to get one. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So you You should probably you could be the you, You could be the steward of it or you can let it happen and then you'll get the one you deserve, right? (laughs) Awesome. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Jeff. I want to open it up to questions. Does anybody have questions about this, this idea, this Zen for success, this day of Zen, this all of these components for creating a life of harmony? Ruby, you can go first if you have one, because you're already on the screen.
4: (laughs) No, just the, I love what you just said about how this sort of day of Zen is different for everyone. Cause I was thinking for me, it might be a little more being than the like planning and, you know, I would do that later, but for me, that day would be a more of a, like, um, going into nature and like really thinking about things and and maybe some creative process or, like visioning or to, to make sure I'm aligned. So I think it's different, but there is always the action and operationalizing. But for me, like to have one day of just being gone and getting into that dreamy state, which is different than how I normally show up every day, I think would serve my purpose um, in a different way.
2: For sure. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. And and if I could offer you a tool that might be yeah. as powerful as that jar, it's that's like me. So every time you do something that meets that dreamy state that you decide, and mm-hmm. then you do that on the 10th of August and the 11th of August and the 12th of August, you tell yourself that's like me.
3: Mm-hmm. And guess <laughs> what
2: you're going to get more of? Mm-hmm.
3: Me.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Leah just dropped into chat the a link to the harmony quiz. Mm-hmm. So yeah. go, go do that um and for those team, listening i'll put that love in the it. show notes <laughs> what was that jeff a team win i love that's that. right that's right <laughs> thanks for the support awesome any other questions for jeff
3: i don't have any questions but yeah this has been very insightful and um just you know different to think like this and i i uh you know i'm kind of like eric some you know i have Highs, I have lows and getting on track and just getting with my thoughts. And uh this has given me a lot of really good ideas and it's just been really interesting. So thank you
4: for being here.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm I'm looking forward to peeking into everybody's calendars in the next couple of weeks and seeing who's putting Zen days on them. (laughs) (laughs) Ruby just said I'm scheduling this day off. (laughs) Nice. Nice I love it. I love it so much, Jeff. This Very has been cool. great. i mean the the idea of of self care and just sort of getting getting into that space mm-hmm. um sometimes sometimes you listen to a podcast and you feel like you just got permission to do a thing right um i I know that I think about things that are the right thing to do that are good things to do all the time. And in my own workshop delivery, keynote facilitation, executive coaching, we all know, and I tell people this all the time, it being the right thing is never enough to make you do it. Because if it were, then we would always do the right thing. And we don't because life is hard and people are messy. Mm -hmm. And if you have a framework if you have access to tools if somebody says you should do this thing even if you don't know that person and you just heard it on a podcast you go oh yeah maybe i should do this thing and things happen like ruby says i'm i'm doing this i'm scheduling Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna do it too because because it matters Mm
3: -hmm.
0: so i i'm super appreciative here um Lori, what's just as a, as a sum up for you, what's, what's sticking for you as you think about all the, the ground that we've covered today and we've covered a lot.
3: Yeah. I just, I just love this whole idea of all of this activity that we're talking about, right. All of this intentionality and this introspection and this focusing ourselves in, in positive ways. That, that ripples into every role that you have. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the roles, right? Because that's the whole balance is a misnomer. You can't, you can't keep balance of all of the roles that you have in, in your world. And some days you're going to have to lean more into being a parent. And some days you're going to have to lean more into caring for your, your parents or some days are big work days, right? And, and allowing that to be, but having this centered core, right is is what gives you the energy the strength the the permission to feel good about that to not feel guilty right and i think women tend to have a little bit more of that issue especially mothers who right if i'm killing it at work it means i'm a shitty mom and if i'm really focusing on my kids i'm never going to make it in the workplace and that's all false right there's room for all of it but we have to set those boundaries and we have to be the ones to put ourselves in the in the center so that's, I just, I just
0: love how that's holistic. going I love it. Thank you for that. His name is Jeff Eschleman. Zen for success is the model. Go ahead and open up your calendars right now and block that Zen day. Let's get it done. First half of the day is reflection or whatever half of whatever unit you're using half day, whatever. First half is reflection. Second half is planning. There's a one page plan. There'll be a link in the show notes to the harmony quiz and everything else you can find at Jeff Let's give him a big thank you. Thanks, Jeff. We're going to get onto our funny things, good feels and silly, silly cocktail. And then it's going to be dinner time or in my life, two more meetings time. So <laughs> there's that um, funny thing. Number one, this you'll get if you're mine and Jeff's age or close. Because, Jeff, we're the same age. Almost. Um, Wait, there's a Mrs. Roper bar crawl in San Diego, and I'm just finding out about this now. There's hundreds of people dressed like Mrs. Roper. And if you don't know who that is, Google that shit.
3: Come and knock on our door. I've been waiting oh. for you. <laughs> dun, dun,
0: dun, dun, dun.
3: Three's Company. Look yes. at us. Right.
0: That's right. The homophobic got, landlords yeah. from downstairs.
4: Oh, yeah. Okay. That's been so long since I've seen that show. I was See, so Jeff, little.
0: Leah's, Leah's like 14. She doesn't
3: care. <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Uh, I know... I know we we did a whole show on Elon Musk and it's always kind of fun to rag on all the weird shit that he does. Um, I like this one. X is a terrible name. I would have gone with something like David and all tweets would now be called Daves. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do you see that Dave? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a because hilarious Dave.
3: To To your point, they can't be tweets anymore.
0: Well, no, he changed it. Like so, when you when you log on now, if you leave your screen and more people tweet, it says more people have posted. He -hmm. gave away the brand value of a tweet. It's in Mm -hmm. the dictionary, tweet, Mm -hmm. and now it's post. Like it is every for every other, yeah. I don't get it but I'm not a super genius or evil space villain. I don't know. (laughs) Funny thing number three, uh, the hardest part of dating is having to tell your story all over again to a new person. Like you accidentally got hung up on by tech support. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh because I spent, I spent several hours on the phone with insurance companies over the last couple of weeks and I did not always get the same person. Uh, this is a visual one, and if you know who this celebrity is, you will laugh. His name is Steve Harvey. Uh,
3: oh my
4: gosh!
0: <laughs> Why I they give Steve me these Harvey. big onion slices? My burger looked like Steve Harvey.
4: A <laughs> <The> mustache. <laughs>
0: Uh, And this one is about all of the UFO news the day that they had the hearings in Congress about UFOs. I know Lori and Ruby will laugh at this one because they know these characters. These characters are really important in our lives. Huge day for them.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And it's my favorite SNL skit and I probably watch it
3: once a month. Yes. We always, we're, it's time for some more Colleen Rafferty. Let's call well, it
0: up. Yep. Yes. So folks that are listening that can't see, uh, it's a picture of an SNL skit based on the character Colleen Rafferty. And that's all you need to type into YouTube. You see the goodness that is being abducted by aliens and the different experiences three people can have when that happens. <laughs> my my favorite funny thing today is a song parody about European pop songs in the 90s. This is called Every Euro Pop Song in the 90s. Put your hands-
3: Of Eurovision.
0: Yeah. Yes, everybody <laughs> movement. I love it so much. Here the bass goes zoom. Hey, today's good feel story. Steve Hartman went back to Ure to the Aww. dog that walks on his hind legs. He is now legit famous.
3: Oh, Finally tonight, CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road for an update on a story about perseverance and resilience.
1: A lot of dogs think they're human, but Dexter takes it to a whole nother level, to the point where I can now safely say, I have seen everything. As we first (laughs) reported about a year ago, Dexter lives in Uray, Colorado, where this bicolor, bipedal Britney Spaniel turns heads wherever he goes. Dexter's owner, Kenty Pasek, says this isn't a trick she taught. It's an adaptation he made after a near-death experience. When Dexter was a puppy, he escaped his yard, darted into traffic, and got hit by a car. He lost one front leg, and the other was badly damaged. So everyone assumed, to get around, he would need some kind of adaptive equipment. And he did use a wheelchair for a while. Until one day, when Kenty set the pooch at the foot of her porch without the wheelchair.
4: And I ran in to go get my cup of coffee, came out and he was right here where he is right now. And I was like, how is this going on?
1: How did you figure it out?
4: I put him back down there and I grabbed my phone to see what was going on.
1: (laughs) Here is the video she recorded.
4: And I was like, oh, we're into something totally different.
1: You never know where (laughs) life's gonna take you.
4: You never know.
1: Since we first told this story, Dexter, who was already a minor celebrity in Ure has become a major celebrity across the nation, taking to the skies for appearances in TV shows and pet expos. He has pranced in the shadow of New York skyscrapers and Washington's cherry trees. And along the way, this dog has gathered more fans and followers than a lot of our most popular humans.
4: Follow him on Instagram. Oh,
0: good!
1: The whole thing takes absurdity to new heights. But to many, Dexter is no joke. In this pile of mail he receives monthly, comes
0: in droves.
1: Are hundreds of letters of heartfelt gratitude.
4: I'm recovering from intensive radiation treatments for breast cancer, and you certainly bring joy to my day.
1: Where humans see obstacles, I mean, just often dogs beg to differ.
4: Dexter shows us why aren't you out there doing the things you want to do? Because he has. Off he goes.
1: And in doing so, has proven. That sometimes getting knocked down is the only way to see how tall you stand. (laughs) Steve Hartman on the road in Uray,
3: Colorado. I I is Steve Hartman. Come on. That's awesome. Dexter
0: is doing what Jeff said. (laughs) Jeff, say the line again (laughs) about being happy where you are and still chasing what you want to do. Say that line one more time for us.
2: I want to be happy with what I have while I pursue
0: what I want. That's Dexter. He's -hmm. happy with what he's got and he's pursuing what he wants. He's a famous internet celebrity now. (laughs) Today's semi-quarantine cocktail is called Bear on a Plane. It's a riff on the honey bear. You're going to need an ounce of bourbon, one Iraqi Airlines flight from Dubai to Baghdad, some citrus sage syrup, one actual bear in a crate, two ounces of apple cider. The bear got out Of the crate on the plane. (laughs) So it was delayed. Um, Some orange slices and sage leaves for garnish. Be glad your flight delays aren't this dramatic. Some ice cubes. And as a footnote, everyone is okay. The bear was on the plane in a crate and he got out. Just let that sink in. Bear on a plane.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No. No, thanks. (laughs)
0: oh thank you so much for being here today this has been super fun thanks to jeff Eschleman. thanks to all of you it is dinner time we'll see you guys not next week week after next we'll see you guys week after next thanks so much everybody have a good night Bye. Bye. bye Thank you so much for joining us today. If you had a good time and learned a thing or two at today's happy hour, please share it with your friends. If you want to join our tribe, head on over to skyteam.cloud forward slash tcb or email us at info at skyteam.com, that's s-k-y-e-team.com. Thanks again and remember, you've always got friends at The
2: Corporate Bartender.